it's not about necessarily the style that you have in the result, but the style that you have in the relationship in the in the editing room. Hello, hello, and welcome to Cut to Reveal, the podcast where we discuss the editing art form and all the hurdles that come with that career path. Uh, Ricky, do you want to give us give us more context for today's interview? Yes. So today on our episode, we talked to Audrey Simoneau, who's a French editor from Paris, um, who kind of cut her teeth uh, as an additional editor on Taken 2 before she became chief editor on Taken 3. Um, and most notably, recently, she worked on the Netflix show Lupin, or if you're French or want to pronounce it correctly, it's Lupin. Um, yeah, it was uh, great talking with her because as most of the higher level editors that we talk to, she's very gracious and she's very down to earth um, and very approachable. And so the conversation was was awesome. And very insightful as well. And actually, Audrey is the second woman on our podcast and we want to have more of them. Yeah, for sure. Most editors were women in the past. The classics that people talk about, Yeah, we're all edited by women. Right now, there is probably a good balance. I don't know, maybe even some people say that it's like mostly male-dominated. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not not sure, to be honest. Like, you know, you know women's sensitivity is something this, that has been valued mm-hmm. in the editing room for a long time. Martin Scorsese, for example, he said that he likes to have like a... Uh, women's sensitivity in mm-hmm. the cutting room. That's why I think like women are very valued in the editing room, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a different perspective, yeah. for sure, that, yeah. that is needed. Um, and, yeah, Audrey, and it's funny because Audrey, Audrey mentions it exactly. also in, the, in, the, in our interview with her. And with that, let's roll the tape. We are very glad to have you here. Like, yeah, we are. Very we're very excited. And we're going to be asking you all the questions because we want to know how you got to where you are so that we can help. Hopefully someday we can be doing the same thing. Exactly. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> I, wish you, I wish you the same. I'm quite <laughs> lucky, you. I have to say. Just give us some introduction for, for, for the listeners. You know, how you got into editing, how you got excited about editing. Okay, so... It started like when I was at school at um, 15, I would say. I was mostly into arts and drawings and paintings before. And I was uh, intrigued by cinema. I, I think it's music that gave me the curiosity of um, making cinema because when I was hearing songs or I was like picturing scenes or I don't know, I had images in my head. So um, I chose to to study that part, um, the cinema lessons, and that's how I got the basis. And then I decided, I mean, I, I wanted to try to be an editor, and that's what I did. Um, and I graduated uh, just a two-year degree. That's called the BTS. It's mo- mostly a technical degree. And right after that, I was uh, hired as an editor um, in a company that was doing trailer trailers for movies, yeah. mostly. And so I was employed here. I was not a freelance. I was really an employee mm-hmm. for four years. Once I had the impression that I already knew about it and that I was not learning anything new, Hmm. I decided to quit and to see what would happen. 
what a good decision. <laughs> yes, I think it was. And uh, many editors that was working in that uh, company were freelancers and they mm. gave me contacts to work in the places they were working to. At first, it was mostly uh, in trailers, but for TV channels and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started doing a bit of um, corporate too. Mm -hmm. And I met a director who was uh, filming a lot of concerts, uh, so music, music shows. And uh, we got along pretty well, and I followed him on many projects. And I started to work uh, for a production that was doing a lot of uh, TV shows, but mostly around music, some documentaries too. And one day I got a, um, a message, a Facebook message from an editor that I didn't know that was working for Europa Corp. And um, he was working on Colombiana, a film by Olivier Megaton, an action yeah. movie. And he was looking for like additional editing while the shooting was still happening to be able to have a continuity, yeah. a complete continuity before the director was coming in in editing mm -hmm. room. And that's what I put my first feet in the narrative and feature experience. And it was, I was supposed to stay just two weeks. I stayed for two months okay. and as it was doing good uh, the next year they called me to be um, to make like the first cut or the assembly cut i was not chief editor at the mm -hmm. time for taken two also yeah. directed by um, megaton yeah and it was a great experience too and then europa corp produced another movie and they asked me if I wanted to be the chief editor of this movie. And it was uh, Three Days to Kill, um, a movie directed by an American director who's called McGee. McGee, I don't know mm -hmm. how to say it properly <laughs> yeah. in American. And that's how I, I, I got into feature films. And then other French productions called me to do very different kind of uh, movies, not only action movies. So... That's how I got here. And in between movies or in between series or TV shows, I still do sometimes uh, trailers or concerts or mm, yeah, I mean anything sense. I'm available for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have like any movies that influenced you, you know, the most in your early days? I mean, I had movies as a teenager that gave me the will to be into cinema. I mean, it's really basic, but I think the one that really opened me to, I don't know, to cinema passion is yeah. Titanic. <laughs> That's so, a great film. That's a great film. Yes, it is. Film. I mean, I've seen it many, many, many times. I've, um, like maybe four years ago, there was a concert show with uh, an orchestra and uh, oh. the movie playing at the same time. And I went <laughs> to, to, to see it and it was really cool. I still love that movie. Um, that much <laughs> it's not a cliche for me it's not like I, I i love this movie as well i i've seen this three times as well i think so yeah i don't know why this one but i so many people saw it that uh it's not very original but maybe but then uh i don't know like 
big movies like Kubrick's one. And also, I, I mean, um, I know that there's a lot of uh, French people that don't like French cinema <laughs> because they think it's a little bit old school, maybe a little bit boring. I, and I think I, I, I really do love French cinema. So, <laughs> I mean, and at the same time, there are a lot of uh, big classics that I never saw sometimes and that I'm ashamed about, but... Um, but you're still a great I'm editor s- anyway. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Thank it's you. not possible to, to, to watch everything. So you, you have yeah. to make choices and prior, prior, yes. prioritize things. And mm. when I was uh, a teenager, as long as I was uh, having the cinema lessons in high school, I had um, a card that allowed me to go in the small cinema of my town mm-hmm. um, for free. Uh, so oh. every week... They were um, releasing like one or two movies and with my friends, we went to see all of them. And sometimes we really didn't know what we were about to see except for the title. So it opened me to, it was an independent um, movies uh, theater. So I saw movies from all around the world and... Sometimes movies from uh, Cannes. Yeah, that was a really good time. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if you would like, you know, name some famous action movies because I was wondering, like, were you were you into action movies very early on, or is it just <laughs> something that came to you? <laughs> no, I mean it's funny because um, the movies that I worked on or that I really enjoyed editing. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily the one that I'm fond of as a, yep. just a person. Like when I watch movies by myself, it's two really different uh, pleasures, I would say. It's really cool when the, the two match. Yeah. But it's not always the case, but uh, I'm not. I, I don't watch that much action movies. I mean, I, I watch the big ones like the James Bonds or the Mission Impossible yeah. or mm-hmm. stuff like that. I don't watch that many action movies. I get it. Totally, totally. That's interesting. It's it's funny because like you're the second woman woman on our podcast and uh, Yes. Both you and Francis Parker who who I interviewed on the f- episode 4 I think uh are known for action movies actually because Francis Francis is known for um Band of Brothers. Uh so mm-hmm. she had Spielberg himself uh, sang to her that Boy, you can cut action. Like, girl, you can cut action. Like, <laughs> so. Yes, that's funny what you're saying, because when I was editing Taken 3, uh, mm-hmm. we went to Los Angeles to finish the editing because we had to to present it to the Fox Studios. Luc Besson was living there at the time. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were doing some test screenings. Um, so we went there like for three weeks to, to complete the editing. And when I arrived, I had an assistant editor that was local mm-hmm. and we already maybe wrote some emails to each other. But when I arrived, I was, I was quite young. I was 30 at the time. He was like, who are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm Audrey. <laughs> I'm the chief editor. He was like, what? But you're, you're, you are so young and, and after when we got along and everything and start to meet, 
he was like, but you're, you're so soft and sweet. And you are editing like big action <laughs> movies, like badass stuff. And he was like, yeah, but, um, but I'm not at all badass <laughs> in real life. That's fantastic. Nice. That's what's funny in editing such uh, scenes or big, like, um, I don't know, like very violent scenes or, it puts you in a mood like almost you are not acting yourself, but you have to put yourself in a position where you have to imagine how it would feel. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. you, you, you go out of the editing room and you are like angry and <laughs> you don't know why. And it's just because you identify to the character and to the scene. That's Perfect. funny. That's funny. But by the way, we got uh, contact to you uh, from Erwin, who, who is our listener yes. uh, for some time now. We also had him on the podcast and, uh, he actually asked me to ask you a question. So uh, he wants yes. to ask you, how do you like deal with being a woman in, you know, a, like a male dominated uh, industry, especially because you're editing action movies? I think regarding that question, I had been mostly lucky uh, through my experience because I never felt, to be honest, like misogyny or... Mm. I was, uh, quite welcomed, um, by the, by the directors I worked with, mm -hmm. because it, it can sound like a cliche, but sometimes they, they wanted also to input some okay. sensitivity. Or I don't think it's only, um, <laughs> um, female quality, but for some reason they were, um, quite comfortable to, work with a woman mm -hmm. to be able to not only be on the masculine side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Maybe just one time I remember I was uh, working on a, a new movie and I was with the director and uh, a producer came in and told the director, you are so lucky because you have the most beautiful editor. Uh, <laughs> and I was... Yeah. Feeling uncomfortable yeah, because I would have much liked not him relevant. to say, you have the best <laughs> editor, but not, exactly. <laughs> I don't exactly. care not about that. And I think he doesn't care too, yeah. but uh, that's a really small yeah. scene. Yeah. Women actually are known for good oh. action movies. So, you know, oh. uh, Raging Bull, uh, <laughs> Felma Schoonmaker. And... I also have cats. He <laughs> 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 wants nice. to participate. <laughs> For our listeners, Audrey's being attacked by her cat. You're trying to be cuddled to death <laughs> yeah. right now by her cat. So. <laughs> yes. I got a second one, so wait for the second one. <laughs> so, so talking about Lupin, Lupin, I'm, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing Lupin? correctly, but... Lupin. In French, you say Lupin. So you, you edited uh, four uh, episodes, right? Four, four chapters? Yes, correct. Did you come in because somebody else fell off or got sick or they were just like, this isn't working out with this? Editor? No, 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 no. Actually, I remember when I first heard about the project, it, it was uh, pre-production. Mm -hmm. I remember calling um, a, wom a woman that's called Amélie Dibon that works at the post-production Europe at Netflix. And she used to be um, head of post on a movie that I uh, edited before she was hired by Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I called her saying, if you are looking for editors, I would be interesting, interested in the project. Mm -hmm. 
But she told me the, the editors were already booked for the first episode because Louis Le Terrier, uh, okay. had all, all, already is, um, some editors that he knew, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then they were a little bit, um, out of schedule and they started looking for other editors for the next episodes. And that's how I came in because the head of post, mm -hmm. uh, whose name is Pierre Tissot, Uh, who was running the, the post of the show. He called me because he had heard about me from several, several people. Mm -hmm. And also he knew by that woman that I maybe called like maybe five or six months ago to say that was, uh, that I was interested in the project. That's awesome. My first day of editing on Lupin was uh, supposed to be on episode five. Mm -hmm. And that's the day the lockdown was announced in France. Oh. So in the evening, the technicians of the post house uh, came in with the Avid stations uh, to bring them at home. And I started working on it like alone with uh, I mean, like many people. But um, but I couldn't really complete my episode because there were missing scenes mm -hmm. yeah. that had to be um, shot like three months later when oh, the, wow. the shooting could uh, start again. Uh, uh, wow. What was your experience then? Like with editing remotely? Like did you you know, did you communicate with the director or a showrunner? I'm not sure which one you, you mostly worked with, you know, at the time or? it was with the director. Mm -hmm. okay. Um the director for my episode was Marcela Said mm -hmm. and we had never met before <laughs> so uh we talked on the phone a bit. I was sending her some uh, scenes, like first cuts of scenes. She was Uh, giving me notes and a little bit just before we broke the lockdown, she came to my house and we worked a bit together. And, um, then we got back in editing rooms <laughs> and the producer came in and the showrunner was, uh, here too. So first there was the director's cut mm -hmm. and then also the producer's cut and then the first cut that we sent to Netflix. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. 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 So you said that you worked with directors. You worked with a director directly with Lupin, but you worked with three different directors, right? Because you had two yes. for two of the episodes and then two different ones for each other episode that you worked on. Exactly. How was that experience working with, and then I guess just, this is kind of like a general question of you're working with a director. How do you cultivate or create that relationship, like a good working relationship with, with these directors? You mean on Lupin or and generally? In, yeah, on, you can start with Lupin on, or any other. But uh, in, in Lupin, it's like in series, it's a bit different because you don't have that much, much time together. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, cause, uh, you not necessarily, um, go through every scene in detail. Sometimes you do, depends also on the directors. Mm -hmm. It's a difficult question because it depends on every director, I would say. Oh. Sometimes the, the relationship is like in a click. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a little bit more time. Depends. You have directors that want to be in the editing room all day long. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have other ones that cannot be there all day long because they are, I don't know, they are preparing a new project or they are yeah. also producing mm -hmm. or... When you're working with a new director, then are you just kind of, what they say, just like reading the room, just like following their lead and then when you feel comfortable to interject, then 
maybe then you're kind of like generally that that that's it but on Lupin it was a bit different um because when I started working on episode uh, seven or nine, mm-hmm. I already had the experience mm-hmm. of the previous episodes. So I, let's say I, I would have a little bit of step ahead regarding what Netflix would mm-hmm. ask maybe to change. Okay. Or, I felt like I had more freedom um, in episode seven, for example, mm-hmm. Because I already worked on four and yeah. five, yeah. because yeah. I knew that uh, I could guess that from the first structure, for example, they will ask for more clarity, mm-hmm. for more, um, I don't know, to, to, yes, mostly clarity. So when I f- was watching the first assembly of episode seven, I immediately proposed, okay, we should maybe intercut something, maybe put that in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. I could feel that I had more, um, not power, but that my, that they could trust me mm-hmm. about my experience of the previous yeah, episodes, okay. yeah, yeah. which I did not have on the first episodes that I cut because I didn't really know the process mm-hmm. at the time of the validations and notes and yeah. changings and and freedom that we had regarding the scripts mm-hmm. for example yeah so um, i feel that i improved with the new episodes yeah yeah okay. that's kind of unique for tv shows because like usually you know the director is like almighty god who knows everything right right but for tv shows quite often like you know editor who has been there in for a while has edited a few episodes knows much more about mm. the project that the, the tv show than uh than actually a director who's who sometimes like you know just comes in to just direct one or two episodes right in a series Yes, it's very different because um, I, I think it it was probably different with the first episode with Louis Le Terrier because he had to put his style in the show. Mm. But then the next ones, we, we had to follow the way that was already printed in the first episode. Mm. Yeah. So it's not like we had a big um, freedom of uh, style or, mm-hmm. I mean, suddenly we couldn't do like an independent show or whatever. We had to um, to stick to the style yeah. that was um, created in the first episodes. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's, in a way, that's easier when you start editing not the first episodes yeah, yeah, of yeah. the show because you follow a lead. Yeah. So... Um, by the way, did you have like an assistant editor on 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 Lupin? They were shooting like three or two episodes mm-hmm. in, in a time period, and so we had uh, several assistants dedicated to specific episodes, like for dedicated to three or two episodes. Because I'm wondering, like. Uh... A question I like to ask, like, how do you work with your selects? Because, like, you know, I imagine, like, an assistant would do some of the selects work for you, but still, like, you have to do your own selects. So how do you work on your selects? Uh, I do my own selects because when I start a scene, I don't have a way to edit it in mind. I just mm, follow what the dailies, what the, the takes mm, give me. We have different methods as editors, so I can only speak for myself. I watch everything. And as I'm watching, 
I put an in and out on little bits that I like, mm-hmm. and I put them in the order of the scene. Yeah. And once I've done that first selection, I watch this selection, and that gives me uh, ideas for how I want to to match them together. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking a lot of selections, but sometimes what I ask for when we don't have that much time is to have a first cut or pre-cut because then it's easier to go look into the dailies once you see the um, a first work, even if you want to change uh, takes. or But sometimes it, it helps you go faster. Uh-huh. That's what we do on the show that I started um two weeks ago um, because the shooting is over. So now we can ask the assistants to help us by doing a first cut and it's much more fun for them. But uh, the problem on Lupin is maybe they didn't have that time to do that because they have to to manage all the technical yeah, yeah. stuff and the, um, the exports, mm-hmm. the... The subtitles, things for Netflix, for the validation and um, for the sound, for the so that could happen, but uh, the short time of the process of the editing process. Doing your first draft cut, right? Uh, do you do you usually do just like a script assembly version, and then you move on from that, or do you yes. right away do do you do like your 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 vision right away? No, I I do. I think we are due to make the the script version mm, yeah. first. Yeah. Even if we already know that something are gonna be yeah. totally changed mm-hmm. or cut out or whatever, but I think it's cool to have that. I mean, to 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 start from. The script version. Yeah, yeah. Like it shows respect to writers as well, I think, right? Yes, of course. And we owe that to either the director or the writer uh-huh. or the producer. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it, even if we we propose something shorter or different, mm-hmm. you, you can do both versions. Yeah. Because if they want to see the original version, mm-hmm. you you have it. So... Yeah. I don't think it's a waste of time yeah, yeah. to do that. Personally, I I I love this approach the most, where you actually like you know you create mm. a script version first, but you have another version if there is something that you would change right away. You have another mm-hmm. version version you know in the backlog, and watching it with the director, mm. you you can point out like like uh, you know I I again like my experience is limited, so I've done it only for short films, but I like this approach the most, where you actually you know respect the script but also like work on variations uh, on the side. Yes, and you never know which way you are going to yeah. be in the end of the movie and sometimes I don't know for for a feature film for example you watch the assembly or the first cut and you everybody agrees that you have to cut that mm-hmm. out. We don't need that, it's repetitive mm-hmm. or uh, it's uh, bothering or whatever. And then I don't know, one month later, you have 13 minutes out of the movie and suddenly you need some information or you need some transition or you miss something and you're like, let's go back to the assembly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly Is what there... we need now because yeah. of the work we did in between. So yeah. so it's it's good to, to know that you have that yeah. as a backup because... 
sometimes you will need the material, but way, way later than you, than you original thought. That's a very good point. Also at the same time, I feel like when you're doing it that way, then you have an idea of like, okay, this is the rules because this is the script that I'm following. And now I know the rules Mm. and now I can break them. And now I can do something different knowing that this is like the base that I have. And sometimes, I mean, if you have um, a director that wrote the movie, Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be too violent to, to, to cut so much things uh, at the first step of the process what advice would you give to someone you know who who did like a fair amount of editing in the past but wants to you know have the break into into feature films and narrative work i don't know <laughs> uh, that's fair no because there are so many ways to get in maybe not try to be an assistant editor on feature if you've been already editing for mm-hmm. 10 years or 15 years because I feel like today and that's an advice um, some assistant editors gave me when I wanted to quit my first company mm-hmm. he told me if in by any chance you want to be a feature editor don't start over by being assistant an assistant yeah. because an assistant editor today is like it's a job it's a complete job in mm-hmm. itself and you will have difficulties to then be seen or trusted yeah. as a chief editor because it takes a long way because it's not exactly the same way to work because if you stay an assistant too long and you're not that young anymore and you are really willing to be an editor because you, you are already an experienced editor, you will get Bored, uh-huh. I guess. Uh-huh. So, yeah. actually, it makes me very happy to hear uh, you giving this <laughs> advice because I'm I'm actually like you know uh, the advice that I often hear from editors who got there is like yeah do as- mm-hmm. do assistant editor uh, gigs first and with time you will advance to to an editing position and I'm like I don't want to like you know <laughs> so that's very comforting for me to to hear that advice of, of yours so maybe the advice would be that you can meet other chief editors mm-hmm. or post supervisor that when they need um, additional editing yeah. maybe or help on a project that are they are already on so you are really mm-hmm. editing yeah and then they can they can see your work so they can think about you for a next project that they cannot do yeah. or yeah. yeah makes sense when i was younger i was never in a situation where i was assistant editing um for anybody up until like deeper deeper into my career but I found that once I started assistant editing, then the universe was like, give him all the assistant editing jobs. And then I just kept on getting assistant editing jobs. Exactly. And I was like, the money is good because it's consistent, but it isn't editing. You know, I'm basically just like logging clips and preparing something for somebody. And it's great if I want to listen to music and listen to books on tape or whatever, but it's not good mm-hmm. for like being creative. And then... There was like, and then it got to the point where I was like, I got to change this up. I need to start editing again. And I basically like stopped taking any editing jobs and was just like, I'm just going to take whatever. And then after, as soon as I got my first editing job, then the universe was like, give him all the editing jobs. And then I started getting more <laughs> editing jobs and, and then it was fine. But I think that it's weird like that where there is that aspect of 
people see you as an assistant editor and they're like, oh yeah, I know this assistant editor. And then they're just giving you all this assistant editing work. Yes, because if you're good at yeah. your job, people will want uh, good assistant yeah, yeah. editors. So they will call <laughs> you because you're good at your job. So they won't call you for being editor because they will miss yeah, a yeah. good assistant <laughs> yeah. editor. So it's like a, a double-edged sword if you want. Yeah. And then that makes it harder. Mm. Like you said, that makes it harder because it's like, You're in this assistant assistant editing hole, which is good. People have careers of being assistant editors, but at the same time, if mm. you want to be get out of that, then digging deeper into the assistant editing hole is not going to get you out of it. <laughs> and that's my story. And then I found five bucks. Anyway, because you've cut so many action films, but then also you kind of switch it up. Where um, I'm going to try to speak French here, so forgive me if I murder this. But then you did something like. Um, la uva, la uova, la uova, la, ah, la, la uva. uva. Yes, but that was like a which is yes. not an action film. It's more of like a drama, dramatic, like road film, and much more, I guess, dramatic without the action. So when you, I don't, I'm not assuming that you're like you, you cut something like Taken Three, and then you're immediately jumping into something like this dramatic road film. How hard is it for you to kind of like? shift gears whereas like you're in this action mode where in a sense it's like the mm. hip-hop concert where you're just like the beats the beats the beats and then mm. you get into this other rhythm where it's like more slowed down now we're like we're breathing mm. and we're like feeling everything on every project's beginning uh, i think many editors i mean with speaking mm -hmm. with friends uh, we are many people to to feel like that The first days of a new project, you always feel that you're such a bad editor because you cannot find the right um, pace. Mm -hmm. I mean, it takes time to understand what kind of movie you are on, even mm -hmm. if you know, like, approximately. But you have to find it by starting to cut yeah. it. After uh, the last episode of Lupin, of season one that mm -hmm. I cut, I worked on, I would say more an independent mm -hmm. movie, a French movie, talking about people in the, um, in the south of uh, Alps that were helping uh, migrants to, to, mm -hmm. to welcome migrants or refugees after they crossed the border in the yeah. mountains. Uh, so that's a heavy, I mean, it's a heavy yeah. story. It's, um, it's not fun at all. It's yeah. not Lupin yeah. <laughs> at all. I remember the, I had never worked with a director before. She was a writer. It was her first mm -hmm. feature. And, uh, I remember they asked me while the shooting, uh, to send a first cut of a scene that they were not sure that they had, uh, mm -hmm. enough shots. So I sent it, I, I, I edited it very quickly because they needed it by the, the end of the day. So I was cutting it to make sure that every angle was covered so they could decide if they needed more mm -hmm. or not. And I was just uh, coming out of Lupin. So I was in, a, I mean, especially if you are in the end of the editing process, You are um, trying to be uh, mm -hmm. efficient, uh, fast, straight to the point. Um, you are not uh, trying to... I mean, yeah. you get the point. 
And I, I sent a cut that was maybe too much in the <laughs> Lupin style. And uh, it was one of the first scenes of the movie. And the director called me after the, the, the end of the day. And she said, it's not my movie <laughs> at all. <laughs> and it was my second day of editing and I was alone. And they were in the south of France in the Alps. And I was like, my God, I, I'm, maybe I will be bad uh -huh. for this job because uh, maybe I'm not the person for the job. I decided to recut it straight away mm -hmm. in the evening to understand what she wanted. Um, what was the kind of movies that she mm -hmm. had in mind? So I made the, the complete opposite, like long shots, um, too long, mm -hmm. but to make sure that we were okay and understanding each other. And she called me at midnight. She maybe she received it like at 11 or something. She called me at midnight and she said, thank you. This is my movie. It's way too long, but I know that you can do both that you get that we can find oh, the right great. balance for my movie. And so I was okay because I could sleep well and she could sleep well too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was not be fired uh, right away. So, so it's, it's difficult to start a very different mm -hmm. project after, after the previous one because, uh, you have to get rid of your yeah. habits and you change your habits because when I finished This movie, I went on another series that was mostly a comedy that was supposed to be mm -hmm. fast paced also. And the first day I was like, I'm so slow. I mean, my shots are yeah. so long. Like it's a, because I just have to yeah. readapt. Interesting. That's super interesting. Yeah. And then it's okay. Yeah, that's good. I love it. I mean, it's, it proves that you're human, <laughs> that it just doesn't like, you know, you get, yes. I mean, you, you got, you mm -hmm. create habits obviously with every project that you're working on and then exactly. going into something new, you got to kind of relearn the flow of what you're doing. And of course it would stay on and to the yes. next, whatever the next project is. That's interesting. Yeah. I remember a, a, a series that I was working on the first one that I cut. It was after an action movie at Europa Corp that was, that is called the Warriors get actually that's a German uh, hmm. director who's called Matthias Hoen. I don't know if you think so. know him. Anyway, yeah. he's great. And um, and so that was an action movie. And when you are um, working on action movies produced by Luc Besson, Luc yeah. Besson is he, in editing room at the end of the editing process. And he's asking you to cut... No, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but almost every silence, I mean, every moment that you are risking to okay. get bored. Interesting. And then I, I was on this other show and um, sometimes it was fast paced, but sometimes the director wants, wanted, it was hap supposed to happen in um, the in Afghanistan mm -hmm. war with French soldiers. And sometimes he wanted like, Not poetic moments, but with long shots mm -hmm. of the roads and the soldiers doing nothing that it was not boring, but it was mm -hmm. contemplating. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I was just scared of <laughs> silence and yeah, long yeah. moments. And he was, he was joking uh, with me because he was saying, 
come on, you're a backup girl. I mean, you have to change your habits. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, this really solved me. <laughs> yeah. I was cutting uh, music videos. I cut it and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do a little bit of a color correction on it just to, you know, whatever. And this is how it is. Mm. I got this email back that's just like, the guys, they don't know if you're the right editor for this. The color is, I don't even know. Did you even color it and whatever? And I was just like, what's happening? Why are you guys freaking yes. out? I was like, they kind of told you what was happening. And then I was like, all right. And I just like crushed all the blacks and made it like super like contrasty. And they were like, that's it. This is exactly what we're looking for. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, like kind of the same thing that you had with your one director where she was like, this isn't my movie. And then you changed it. <laughs> And it's like, this is it. You've done it. Yes. You're a genius. You just have, to, you just have to talk. I mean, because we don't have a, we cannot guess everything yeah. from the very start without talking at the, when you start a project, you have to at least have a first try. And then yeah. you see, you talk and you, you start again if you right. need to. That, that communication needs to be there. And then mm. it kind of cultivates. You're creating a new relationship with somebody. And then that's how you, figure things mm, out exactly yeah as a chief editor i edited three um action movies at europa cop and then i was on the list for um a comedy for mm. children when i had the interview with the director it was like mm, yes but you you never cut a comedy for children you mostly did yeah, um, yeah. yeah. action yeah. movies so far and I had to reassure him and say, anyway, in the action movie, sometimes you have comedy yeah. beats or yeah. emotion beats or whatever. And it's not because I never did it. Uh, I'm supposed right. to adapt to the movie. And then he just needed to be reassured that maybe if I wasn't uh, doing it properly, another editor mm -hmm. could come in like as a caution or yeah. um, I don't know. And we never had any problem. I mean, <laughs> I cut the movie and it was, it was yeah. okay. And we got along really well. And, and sometimes you cannot do a project and uh, the people are asking you if you have any contacts or ideas of people that could uh, mm -hmm. do the job. And sometimes I'm, I'm talking about uh, friends editors that I'm hundred percent sure that they would fit <laughs> for the job. And the answer is, but then I ever did yeah. this kind of project yeah. or, and like, mm. <sighs> when on their IMDb, that's not this kind of, and you're like, that's a shame because I'm sure and you should give yeah. them the chance. And sometimes yeah. they do, but sometimes they don't. That, that, that's why it's hard. <laughs> Most of the time. And I think that's a shame. That's why it's yeah. hard to that's... get the break because like, uh, everyone is like, But you don't have that credit, like for the similar thing. But some, but but you need yes. to get that credit first. <laughs> And if everyone yeah. is saying like, <laughs> so it's like you know, it's a paradox, I guess. Yeah, I've definitely had that in even like commercial stuff where they don't see a specific style of editing, and then they just automatically assume that you can't do it. And it's yeah. just like, look at all this other stuff I have edited, <laughs> and then the, yeah. you know they yeah. can't think. Yeah. They're like, oh <laughs> yeah, but. Ultimately, you know. it's it's telling story, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. not not the, like the style is something that comes with the story and is like you know yeah. distilled from a story. Uh, that's what the style is, yes. right? Uh, yeah, and it's not only um, your style as an editor. I mean, the the style that I adopted with uh, mm -hmm. Megaton, for example, nobody ever 
ask me <laughs> that style because that's his style. So as editors, because we are many editors to work with him on second three, we were two main editors and we had two or two or three additional editors. I mean, we all had to fit in the style. We, 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 we could adapt, um, sometimes better than other, but I mean, it was not my style. I tried to, to put sometimes things that I liked, but I cannot say this was mm -hmm. my style. This is the style of the movie. Yeah. The last one that I edited is the same. It's, it's not really yeah. my style. It's my feeling. It's my exactly. taste. Um, it's sometimes my ideas, but I try to fit in the style of the movie itself. Maybe person that could say that the, that this is your style. It's mostly the director mm -hmm. you're working with because they, it's not about necessarily the style that you have in the result, but the style that you have in the relationship oh, yeah. in the, in the editing yeah. room and that they, that they sometimes they value uh, some editors more than others, not because the result is, um, yeah. far better because they get along better in the in yeah. the editing room yeah yeah trust and relationship yeah yeah get it it's the synergy the synergy and, uh, that's right yes exactly <laughs> that's what we started this podcast with actually the episode about synergy between editor and director because it's a big one it's a big top big topic mm -hmm. very very important one i believe audrey what what's next for you I started um, a French uh, show for mm -hmm. uh, Netflix, a new one. The director and writer and actor is, um, his name is Jean-Pascal Zadi. I don't know if he's known across uh, borders, but he made um, a movie two years ago that is called Tout Simplement Noir, which uh, would translate as... Um, simply okay. black uh -huh. it's a comedy it's a comedy but also with a um, political uh, uh -huh. background uh -huh. it's funny <laughs> it's cool <laughs> perfect i hope it's gonna it's gonna be great i mean we just oh, started so it's for netflix as well awesome yes awesome. it's also we're, for we're, netflix we'll be waiting for it then <laughs> and i have another another episode of lupin that oh, I, I just uh, wrapped the episode two of next season <laughs> nice so I know a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> of the story. Do you know things we don't know? <laughs> <laughs> you can tell us after we, after we get off the call. Actually, no, don't, because I still need to watch season two. No, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowed to, unfortunately. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you. I mean, it was a cool experience for me. I always like speaking That's about great. the job. So thank you both of you. I really enjoyed talking with Audrey because she's very down to earth. She's very easy to talk to. And we've been very, and I, I always say this after every interview that we do, but we're very lucky in the people that we talk to. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I just can't, I can't say it enough. The insight that she gave us and her perspective. And I thought it was very, it's very interesting. Like it's important to directors to have her perspective as a woman editor, as another person in the editing room that isn't the same as everybody else she does talk about the sensitivity like specifically mm -hmm. right and and she states it in the podcast like that that it's not only like women domain of course right right uh, so 
I think that's something that we actually do not think about often, that sensitivity, our sensitivity as editors mm-hmm. is an asset that is like invaluable in the editing room. That's, that's what we are very often like hired for. Right. Uh, we, we call it like, you know, the second viewpoint or whatever, right? But really mm-hmm. it's sensitivity. Like, you know, the, the way we feel the story, the way we feel the characters, the actors, like, you know, yeah. the, the progression and things like that, all of it uh, is really that makes us, you know, who we are and what we, and allows us to do what we do best yeah. uh, in the editing bay. By the way, if you have questions that you would like us to ask, future, you know, uh, editors on the podcast, send mm-hmm. them over. Uh, I'm repeating it like, uh, you know, for, for the fourth or fifth <laughs> time on the podcast, but we still didn't get any audio messages from you guys. And we yeah. want to, you know, we want to celebrate with a glass of wine or whiskey or whatever, <laughs> or with just a glass of milk, the fact that we got the first voice message that we can use in the podcast. Yeah. We'll so, play it. We'll even play it and you'll be, we'll you'll be podcast exactly. famous. Yeah. You'll be the first That's one. Crazy. So, so, so <laughs> just crazy. do it. If you listen to Pioneer, it, like you'll be yeah. the first one. I promise to you. <laughs> so, so just, Indeed. just go to that link in the description to the speak pipe link and, and record the message or reach out to us on Instagram or at uh, podcast at cut to the point.com. Uh, all of these ways, you know, you can choose <laughs> so many, so many. All right, everybody. Hope you have a great day. Take care. Take and care. Like always, happy editing. And happy yeah. editing. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, uh, and as always, and edit like there's no, shooting edit like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> we got the giggles at the end there. Always. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you've listened to this on. Your reviews help more people discover this show. You can also follow us on Instagram. Just search for at cut to reveal and tell your friends. And if you have any questions or comments, send them to podcast at cut to the point.com. And who knows, maybe we'll use them in the future episodes. And as we say around here, until the next time, shoot and edit like there is no tomorrow. Thank you.